the Alternative Experience Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Nikki Eddie Vane here, MCMA. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is basically, just so you guys know, member of the Complementary Medical Association. So I am an official guy, you know, I'm not just somebody here talking uh, talking stuff that they're making up. Um, okay, so yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. And today's show, I'm going to be introducing you to a new cannabinoid, CBG. Um, now, I know what some of you are going to be thinking. I haven't even got my head around CBD yet, and you're going to hit us with this. However, something happened a couple of weeks ago, and it absolutely blew my socks off, um, and I just had to share it with you. Um, so I, I thought I just might as well introduce you to this incredible compound at the same time. Um, so CBG um, is often referred to as what we call the mother molecule, and this is due to it being sort of a precursor molecule um, in the formation of many of the other cannabinoids that we, we've sort of talk and talked about. Um, so when the hemp plant starts to grow, um, all of its cannabinoid profile is CBG, or more accurately at this point, CBGA, ca- cannabigerolic acid, basically. So that's its acid form. And although it's not as well known as maybe CBD or THC as we talk about regularly, it is actually the third most common uh, cannabinoid that is found in these plants. Um, now, as mentioned, over time, as these plants begin to mature, uh, CBG actually begins to convert into THCA, CBDA, uh, CBCA, just to mention a few. Um, and due to this conversion into the other cannabinoids, its levels naturally begin to drop, and it actually eventually um, ends up at around about 1% with a fully matured plant. So not the highest concentrations, I'm sure you'll, you'll agree. Um, you can actually get sort of CBGA high strains. However, you're still not going to be looking at the same levels um, that you tend to find uh, of, of THCA and CBDA just due to this this uh, sort of conversion. So it is a very tough uh, sort of compound to harness in any real sort of quantity. Um, now, there is some slightly technical information that I, I do want to go over because obviously there are people out there that want to know um, the mechanics of this stuff. Uh, but I will keep it as, as quick um, as I possibly can for you. Um, so... So yeah, so basically, the actual the, the way that this is created, so the way that all cannabinoids are created, if you think it all starts with CBGA, this is basically how, how it all starts. So this is actually quite interesting mechanics. So um, in the cannabis plant, CBGA is actually created by a trio of different sort of catalyzed reactions. Now starts, it starts with uh, one molecule of hexanol COA and three molecules of malonyl COA. And then there's an enzyme called tetracotide synthase, and that catalyzes reaction from these two molecules. Um, and that actually creates something called olivatolic acid cyclase. Uh, that is then, in turn, catalyzed by something called aromatic transferase, and it finally then creates CBGA. Uh, and starts this whole wonderful sort of process that we all benefit from today. Um, so that's like the technical part out of the way, but what does actually CBG do? So once it's um, it's decarboxylated, uh, obviously those of you that don't know carboxylation, I'll keep it brief, we've done it before, it's basically when something starts to dry out to, to be heated, uh, you know, so as it's, ter- so again, I use this um, this one all the time, if you have mint in your garden, you pick fresh mint, put it on the side, as it's drying out, it's decarboxylating. Um, so that takes it from CBGA to its active state of CBG, and it's actually known, uh, not claimed, it's actually known to be uh, an effective anti-inflammatory, um, an appetite stimulant, um, it's, a, it's actually a very effective antiseptic, um, it has a lot of potential with anti-tumor, especially in things like oral and prostate cancer, um, it also is very effective for those suffering from an illness called cachexia, um, so for those of you that don't know, this is actually also known as wasting syndrome. And that basically is where there's, there's loss of weight, loss of muscle, 
poor appetite and severe fatigue. And this is often seen as a result of people that are on chemotherapy. Um, there's also a lot of evidence to suggest it's an effective therapeutic analgesic, so good for pain relief. And this is the kicker. This is the one. So it's also an antibiotic and has been seen um, to, to be very active against MRSA. So remember that. We're going to come back to that later in this, this podcast. It's pretty much what I want to be talking to you guys about. But as I say, let's cover everything. Let's cover the basics. You know what we're talking about. So basically, CBG interacts mainly with endocannabinoids, uh, the endocannabinoid system, CB1 receptors, um, serotonin receptors, um, as well as um, adrogenic um, receptors as well, your, your adrenaline receptors. Um, and it's actually an antagonist to each of these, meaning what that basically means, it blocks the receptor's activity rather than stimulating it. Um, so that's quite an interesting uh, sort of... Um, so as I say, we, we've covered this in the past. It's not always about stimulating an area. Some areas need to be blocked. Some areas need to be uh, reduced. So inflammation can be reduced. It can also be uh, flared up. It's such a crazy system, this endocannabinoid system, but very amazing once you understand it. So... So that's kind of the intro out of the way into this incredible compound. So why is it that I have this uh, urge to talk to you about it? Well, there's actually two things, to be quite honest. Um, I want to tell you a couple of stories of experiences that I've had uh, with this incredible compound over the last 12 months. Both are incredible, um, and I really would love to get in front of somebody either at the NHS to discuss these in more detail uh, I don't know, somebody somebody that can make some kind of decision. So so if there's anybody out there listening or has any contacts um, that's in a position that may be able to help, please listen to the remainder of this podcast and message me on nick, N-I-K, at naturalhealthalternatives.co.uk. This needs to be heard and put in front of people. So, okay, on with the story. So the first story um, I'd like to share was October 2019. I had the privilege of being invited to stay on a hemp uh, biosphere farm in, in Valencia called the uh, Canna Biosfera. Now, I stayed with two wonderful human beings, Tom Scutt and his mum, Tracy. Um, I, I would just like to go on record and, and thank them again for, for making my stay such a great experience. I really did love it out there. Um, still very interested in, in sort of uh, keeping a contact and setting something up over there as well. It's, it's amazing. It really is great. So if they're listening, give me, uh, give me a, uh, a call. Let's, let's chat soon. Anyway, the place is amazing. It's completely self-sufficient, sustainable. It draws water. It's water supplied from like the river that runs next to it. Um, they've obviously got, uh, um, as everyone over there has, solar panels everywhere sort of providing their electricity, etc. Um, so it really is uh, an amazing sort of standalone sort of uh, um, uh, operation they've got going. To me, it actually felt like home, if I'm honest. Uh, if I had my, my girls there, uh, my wife, my two girls, I, I probably would have felt like I was completely at home and never would have left. Um, but unfortunately, I arrived just after they had harvested the crop. So uh, while I didn't get to see any of those beautiful scenes, that you know, the sprinkler systems watering these, these sort of incredible uh, hemp plants, we did have plenty of subsequent jobs to get on with. So we were kept busy. Um, but as soon as I arrived, Tom took me out on his JCB dumper just to show me the scale of the land. And it really was beautiful. It's all around the mountains, loads of these sort of dirt tracks, just as far as the eye can see. Um, but then we sort of headed to the fields where the hemp grew and, and we were actually in luck. There were actually hundreds of plants that had either been left behind or had simply regrown. So we just decided to pick as many as we could uh, and take them back to the house where we made some pure hemp smoothie shots. Now, I will try and include some video links into the bio of this because I've got lots of video um, evidence of the uh, the concoction that we sort of made. Um, but this is where it actually got very interesting. So myself, Tom and Tracy all had uh, what can only be described as a pure and potent shot um, of the most earthy liquid I have ever consumed. It was a tough drink, I'm not going to lie to you. 
Um, it was a tough shot of this very, very, very sort of concentrated um, hemp juice. But after a few minutes, Tom and I were kind of sitting outside in the sun. We both started commenting to each other, like how, how sort of clear things seem. So like vision, sound, thoughts. I just felt very, very sort of focused and clear. And it was very hard to put a finger on it because it was, it was everything. It was like a 360 clarity. Um, and it, it was actually a lovely feeling. But about two minutes later, Tracy, who won't mind me saying, she is as blind as a bat without her glasses on. She came outside and told us she had to remove her glasses as she could no longer see with them on. She then sort of uh, described the same feelings of clarity that Tom and I had already discussed. So we were like kind of blown away by this. Now, this lasted for around about four to five hours until the sun went down, at which time w- we can't be sure how much longer it lasted, just purely because the, 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 the farmhouse had very low lighting. So we're just going to say four to five hours just to, just to throw it out there because we know that's for certain how long it did actually affect her. Now, at the time, I was actually studying for my final exams into the endocannabinoid system. Um, so we decided to go for all the coursework I had to see if there was any information on there that might be able to shed some light uh, on what we were all experiencing. And, and there it was in black and white. So CBG has been found in numerous studies to be a very effective at reducing what we call intraocular pressure. Now, intraocular pressure is one of the, uh, one of the things can, that can lead to basically imbalances um, in the liquid that flows between the cornea and the lens of the eye. And this is something called the aqueous humor. And this can actually lead to sight loss and glaucoma. It's one of the worst things that can happen in your eyes. So that's, that's story number one. So we had actually confirmed that CBG had the, the ability to improve poor eyesight and from our point of view, just made me feel extremely clear and focused and positive and yeah, just absolutely great. So story number two. Story number two is in a, in a, a league of its own. Um, I'm going to attempt to post links and pictures because I think it's going to be very hard for me to get this across. Um, people aren't really going to understand until they see what I'm talking about. But I'm going to do my best job, um, and I will do my best to explain it to you without boring you to death with this dulcet tone. So around about 12 months ago, I went to a barbecue at my brother's house, uh, and my cousin was there, and he had these really sore-looking marks all over his arms, um, as well as like severe swelling in the entire arm where, where it was. Um, and he had just returned from a holiday in the States, and, and these had just started to pop up. So he'd been to see his doctor, and his doctor told him that they were probably flea bites. Now, I'm not a doctor. I would hate to ever meet the flea that landed these bites. They were, they were, they were definitely not flea bites. But anyway, uh, we, we digress, we move on. So as you know, I'm not a doctor, but even I could see that clearly whatever he had was actually in his blood um, and no doubt actually relatively serious. So I managed to convince him to let me take him to A&E. Now, quite hard to convince him. We'd just gone to a barbecue Lovely summer's afternoon, Saturday, and we had to go back to A&E. So managed to get him to come down there. Now, after a week or two, after we'd been to A&E, they, they basically diagnosed him with MRSA. Um, now, for those of you that don't know, MRSA is a potentially life-threatening and near-impossible infection to treat. So um, at least he had, di- had been diagnosed and, and like he could begin to get it sorted. So my mind was sort of kind of put off of it from there. Now, that was actually the last I'd really heard about it for, for about six months. Uh, obviously, with lockdown, all that kind of stuff, it kind of got right in the way. Um, but when I did see him again, he said, look, I've been to and from hospital on various courses of antibiotics that it comes up, comes, uh, goes down, comes up, goes down. And I was kind of like, this isn't, this isn't normal. Um, but I, I understand that their hands are tied. There's not really anything that they can give uh, to, to actually treat it. But as I say, this antibiotic thing, I mean, I don't personally agree with, but that's the only thing they've got in their arsenal. So at that time, I told him, um, obviously, I told him what I'd learned about CBG. Um, that obviously there is evidence to state that it could potentially be MRSA resistant. Um, but at that time, he wasn't really um, sort of interested in taking it, but he did agree to sort of mull it over and said, look, I'll come back to you if nothing else works. 
Now, fast forward to Tuesday, the 1st of September, so two weeks ago. Yet again, it returned. Now, this time it had returned in his legs, and it had returned with the only thing I can call is a vengeance. Um, he sent me a photo uh, the on the evening of the 1st, and it was clearly very, very infected. It was extremely infected. Um, he'd been to the doctors again that afternoon, who had just given him a yet another antibiotic, one that this time they had said, look, there will be some nasty side effects. Um, don't operate any heavy machinery. Try and stay in bed if you can. But he's self-employed. He's a, he's a builder. So that wasn't really on the cards. But uh, he called me and said, look, I don't want to take these uh, antibiotics. I've, I've had enough. I'm not doing it. Can, can you help me out? So I was like, at last, of course I can. Um, so I was excited, but also at the same time thinking, right, I've read this stuff, but it's not backed up by mainstream uh, sort of medicine at the moment. So I've got to be a bit careful. I don't want to sort of uh, end up poisoning him and, and killing him. So, But what I did is I made up a formula uh, with some pure concentrate CBG that I had and my 10x pure CBD oil drops. Uh, and and uh, I also made him a coconut oil-based um, sort of topical balm to apply directly. Um, now, we used a lot of the concentrate uh, as I thought it was best to get as much into him as possible. It's around about 2,500 milligrams in the oil alone, which obviously already had 1,500 milligrams of uh, full-spectrum CBD as well as 300 milligrams of CBDA. Um but and, and on top of that, as I say, this balm, which probably had about a thousand in it as well, and it was just a tiny little uh, sort of a lip seal sort of um, sort of size. So when he arrived at my house the following day, his affected leg was so swollen. I mean, when he walked in, I, I just looked at it and said, mate, that is so bad. That's definitely in your blood. I mean, his socks were cutting right into his lower leg. Um, and there had definitely been no improvement since the photo he'd sent me on, on, the, on the actual wound itself. It was still extremely angry looking it looked like i don't know it just looked like it looked like infection that's all like that's the only thing i can say it was really really that bad um so but against my instruction he decided immediately to put some of the oil drops onto the affected area um which was located just below his knee um and then he said look have you got anything else and i, you know, I said look i'll add a little bit more of the the concentrate direct so i don't know how much it was probably about 200 micrograms directly onto the uh, the wound uh, we then sort of talked for about an hour, just about this, that, the other, um, and um, until he sort of decided uh, that he wanted to leave. Around about an hour later, he was kind of like, I've got getting these really weird tingles in my leg. Very strange. Now, again, as I've mentioned already, obviously at this point, I still had no way I'd know if it was going to help or hinder. Um, I knew what I'd learned. I knew the research that I'd read. Um, but as it wasn't backed up, I still had this na nagging feeling. I felt a bit uncomfortable about him putting something directly onto his leg right onto the infection and I was actually quite worried that there was a potential I might end up hurting him in some way um, but when he put his leg down we were both kind of immediately aware that the entire swelling in his leg had gone I'm, I'm not I'm not exaggerating here so his leg when he came in was a good I would say a good centimeter and a half either side wider than his other leg when he left they were back to normal there was no difference in the swelling at all and he did say that the, the sort of uh, excruciating sort of red hot pocus pain had gone, which was obviously a good thing. So I was kind of like, okay, um, this was a good start, yeah. But was it proof that he would get better? Certainly not yet. I mean, this was literally one hour later. Um, so he left me just after about 3.30. And at 6 o'clock, I got uh, a picture through from him. And while the wound was certainly still there, all the swelling around the wound, wounded now also reduced. So it went from something that was originally slightly larger than maybe a golf ball in between a golf ball and maybe a tennis ball, and it was all the way down to something the size of maybe a large marble. Um, and he basically told me that he'd been talking to his wife and he felt something on his leg. When he looked down, he had a stream of what he could only describe as poison pouring down his leg, and there was lots and lots of it. So he went up, had a shower, used the medicated soaps he'd been given by the doctors, 
uh, put some of the balm that I'd given uh, him on and then sent me the picture. So I was obviously relieved as I felt I could probably sleep that night knowing that I don't think I was going to be killing my cousin. Um, however, the next day I wasn't really fully prepared for what was, was to come. So I didn't hear from him in the morning. So I texted him at 2 p.m. to ask how he was. And he just replied, I'll be around in 20 minutes. Now, again, I wasn't worried, but I was kind of like, I was hoping he'd expand on that. But literally, that's how he left it. But when he turned up, I was, I mean, I was completely shocked. Not only had all of the swelling gone by now, the wound itself had actually healed to something just completely unrecognisable. It, it took, it, it, to me, it looked like a two-week-old scab from a, a minor sort of bump on the knee. There was no real sign that this was this angry uh, looking sort of uh, open wound of, of 24, not even 24 hours before. Um, so again, I will get some pi pictures up somehow as I think everyone needs to see this uh, and I think you'll be shocked, I think you'll be amazed. Um, and as I say, this was in less than 24 hours. So the, the other thing that sort of uh, stood out for me is his business partner that, uh, that he works alongside. Uh, he actually said, look, if you'd told me this as a story, I'd have never, ever believed you in a million years. But having seen you yesterday when you left work and seen you this morning, I just, I, I, literally, it's completely unbelievable. So we were all, there were socks being blown off left, right and centre. That's all I can say. Um, now, there are many things that can help a human heal. And while some people may think it's mumbo jumbo, there is mountains of evidence, uh, obviously, to say that um, the mind plays a vital role in thinking positively can actually sort of uh, um, help um, sort of improve a health concern. Um, however, my cousin is not a cannabis enthusiast. He wasn't coming around saying, yes, this is going to work. It kind of was, for him, a last-chance scenario. Um, and for it to happen overnight, it's just um, it's, it's mind-boggling. So this is definitely something that I think needs to be put in front of the NHS. I do understand there's no money in medicinal cannabis for, for the investors uh, or Big Pharma, and this is actually the only reason that the funded research is not being done. But I think enough is enough. Uh, we've got this superbug which there is no known pharmaceutical treatment or cure. My granddad, actually, we um, there's suspicions that he passed away of it um, back in the, the late 90s, early noughties when it was first discovered. Um, yeah, and we've got this incredible compound, yet again, courtesy of this amazing, amazing plant. And I think it's time that politics stop getting in the way, really. Uh, people need help. And if we can get rid of something like MRSA simply by using medicinal cannabis, I, I don't understand what the uh, the problem is. So... I am going to leave it there. If I don't post links in the bio uh, to this, uh, please do check out our Facebook page, Natural Health Alternatives, as I will certainly be putting up a post about this, including all of the photos, the timestamps. And, and as I've said, if you know anyone that I can speak to in the NHS or, or anybody that might be able to point me into uh, the right direction to get in front of the right people, then just get in touch. Um, this definitely needs to be seen. So use the usual email address, which is nick, spell N-I-K, at naturalhealthalternatives.co.uk. Um, you can also obviously leave any comments, suggestions about the show here too. Um, please give us a rating on whatever podcast app you're using, guys. It really does help us to get the message out there. I don't think you realise just how impactful just a five-star rating is. But until the next show, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you learned something new. Bye-bye uh, for now, you amazing people. Nicky Eddie Vane out. Thank you, guys. Bye.